Sunday afternoon, so you guys know what time it is. It's time for Talk That Talk. I am your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson, in studio with my guy, my Florida man fact checker, Mr. Salim Dweck. What's going on, big dog? What's going on, everybody? What's going guys. on? Guys. All right, man, we're going to get right into it because we, we talked about it pretty much all week, and we've had enough for a three-hour show for a little bit now, and today's show is a regular show. We got a two-hour show today, so that means we're going to hop right into sports, and we're going to get into it as soon as we can. Um, but I do want to say we're we're not going to be so out of touch and so out of tune then to not say congratulations to ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's definitely take a little moment out to say congratulations to ourselves. I'm very, very proud of everybody uh, associated with Talk That Talk, everybody associated with UNLV. Uh, I want to say shout out to UNLV for doing something that I've said for quite some time. I don't think we could have a show called Talk That Talk and come in here and and be as candid and as blunt as we are about certain things, and we don't give credit where credit is due. Um, there's only so much you can do when people leave the state, when people leave the country. Um, there's only so much you can do when people have gotten jobs and careers and things of that nature. So to see the people that did show up to graduation uh, want to cherish that moment was, was valuable for, I think, for, for me and for Duna. Tyler was one of them as well. Um, I'm just very, very appreciative for the opportunity to have that ceremony. Um, it was, I'll be honest, man, it wasn't expected. I, I didn't expect them to actually put something together, especially put something together like that. Um, I'll be, uh, honest, it's not recording. Nah. Can we try to go live one more time? Yeah. I don't know why the live is, is tripping, but it should be working. Um, so... I want to say uh, shout out to my parents for for making the, the trip. Shout out to my uncle Earl. Shout out to my uncle to my auntie T. Um, I just thank you guys once again. Uh, shout out to Caprice for actually making all the way down here. Um, Tatiana, thank you for making it down here. I just appreciate you guys once again. Uh, everybody, all of my family, all of my friends who reached out, we appreciate it. Um, shout out to Kobe. We had a, a little get together at Kobe's place yesterday. This weekend has been a blur for me, bro. I'm going to be completely honest with you. It's just been a, an absolute blur. So uh, that's what I wanted to open with. I wanted to open with congratulations to everybody all the way around. Uh, it was something beautiful to see, and I'm really, really happy that uh, I was able to take part in it. Um, but, of course, guys, let's go ahead and get the the main thing out the way, and let's talk about one of our main sponsors, and that, of course, is the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino where Talk That Talk radio show records live from. And, of course, the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino had the largest Superbook in the world for over 50 years. It was formerly known as the largest hotel in the world for nearly a decade. The Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino 
Salim, now you're my witness, bro. I'm going to take a sip of this water really quick. I'm, I'm the witness. Now, we see the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Islanders on, and we see the Westbrook slowly beginning to fill up, right? So we see people slowly starting to get into the lines and get into these windows. Guys, I'm going to let you guys know right now, this is going to be your headquarters for anything VGK and NHL when it comes for this postseason run. I'm telling you guys, you are not going to want to miss the excitement in this building. We're here in the clubhouse, so we're secluded. It's soundproof in here. You guys, they can't hear what we're saying. We can't hear what they're saying. But just from the looks of it, we know that it's going down out there, guys. Oh, if you guys want, <laughs> Exactly. If you guys want to be a part of it, it is at 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. That's where we're at. And that's where we're about to get this show started. My mom said something in terms of this tip-in. Ah, Celine, you almost let me do it anyway. My mom sent me a tip-in on Wednesday. We didn't have a show on Wednesday. So this show may trickle over a little bit, but this is something that's going to happen. As I said before, we're, we're not going to have a show called Talk That Talk, and we're definitely not going to have a media company called Talk That Talk and avoid things like this. I told you guys we got a lot of sports to get to. I promise you we're going to get to it. However, we have Juneteenth coming up. Yeah. We've seen what, if you guys have been following Talk That Talk and just the people that are on this staff, you guys saw what we did last year for Juneteenth. We have plans this year for Juneteenth. The last 30 minutes of Juneteenth, or maybe the last hour or so, we were talking about how different cultures stories intertwine Salim was a part of that conversation yeah man um Salim let everybody know why we canceled the show on Wednesday so we're not gonna go too deep into this because it can go for a while and I need to keep my blood pressure down smart man but uh, I'm just gonna say this man free Palestine and the occupation and the siege on Gaza um yeah man that's that's really it just that's all I really have to say for right now. Um, you know, rest in peace to all the martyrs. It's, I think, well over 150 people uh, were killed in the past two days in Gaza. Um, I think, like, close to 60 children. Um, so, you know, it's a very sad situation. And uh, things will get better. People in Palestine, you can't take their hope away. It's been 73 years of ethnic cleansing, mm. occupation, and they're still fighting. So don't lose hope and uh, stay positive. And uh, I'm going to end it with Free Palestine, and we'll move on. Respectfully, we definitely will move on. Uh, my mom's tip in for today is something that, Celine, we talk about this a lot, man, and especially because we're very, very open people and we're vocal people. And we say things a lot of times that people don't like. So my mom's tip-in is, is, I feel like it's directed at us. I'm only responsible for what I say, not what you understand. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to say it one more time. I'm only responsible for what I say, not what you understand. I feel like that kind of is what it is. You guys should be able to take away from that and grasp what you can from that. Uh, I think it's pretty self-explanatory, but we can hop right into it. All right, Celine, we got some quick hits today, but this particular topic that we're going to start with, um, I'm going to be honest. I, I needed to get this out the way 
And this is too lengthy, I feel like, to be just a quick hit. We'll get into the specifics right now or, or after I say this general statement. But do you agree that Tim Tebow is sports history? I mean, why are we doing this? I, okay. When he was at, uh, at Florida, they did insane things. Absolutely. But, I mean, in the NFL, come on, man. Like, don't get me wrong. He had that, you know, nice pass to Demarius Thomas to beat the Steelers. But, like, anybody who watched him that year or in the pros, like, he wasn't good, man. Like, I'm sorry. He, he just wasn't. That's not to disrespect him. I'm sure, like, in his personal life, he's a very good good person. But as far as like, as an NFL player, It wasn't it for you? At Florida, absolutely. Like, he was a legend. At Florida, n- there's no doubt about that. The guy was incredible. Can I ask a question really quick then? Let's talk about uh, what you just said. You mentioned the Pittsburgh playoff, se- uh, play- playoff series. I'm over here watching hockey. The Pittsburgh uh, playoff game against Denver. Mm-hmm. That is undoubtedly Tim Tebow's defining moment in the NFL, right? Absolutely. That's his shining moment. Can I ask you one quick question? That's a highlight playoff win for Tim Tebow, correct? Yeah. What is Andrew Luck's highlight playoff win? Um, I'd have to let me see. What's Philip Rivers' highlight playoff win? Even Kirk look. Cousins have a high, has a pl- highlight playoff win over New Orleans. Andrew Luck has one. I'm trying to think about it. All I'm saying is, you grasped Tebow's highlight playoff moment a lot quicker than you did Andrew Lux. I mean, that's fair, but also that was more Demarius Thomas than him, if we're going to be honest. <laughs> Let's not do that. <laughs> I, they get si- the same yards. Don't do that. I, sorry. <laughs> You're going to do it, aren't you? <laughs> okay, so this is why I say he's sports history. Of course we know what, what happened with Tim Tebow, the quarterback. To say that you want to play professional baseball – in unison, the entire world laughed at him. It only because everybody, for what it's worth, said what they said about his windup, said what they said about his 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 delivery, his athleticism, his build, whatever. They said if he wasn't playing tight end, we get how he played baseball. When he said, I'm going to turn my attention towards baseball, half, a lot of those same people were like, Why? And then call it what you want. Yes, he never made the majors. However, Tim Tebow played professional baseball for six years. I think he hit 230 at one point, which is not terrible for a guy that's never really played baseball. That's a lot of people in the eight hole right now. Yeah, so, I mean, (laughs) look, man, he's – I admire him for, like, chasing after, like, you know, people said he couldn't do this. He went out and did it. You know, he, he keeps going. Who knows, man? Even I, I think he's 35. I I, I gotta look that up, but um, yo, like we don't know. What if he like has a Pro Bowl year as a tight end? We don't know. That's very true. So let's talk about it really quick. You just already alluded to it. He's 33. Turns 34 in August. So before the season, still. So he'll be 34 this season, and Tim Tebow is now going to be in Jacksonville as a tight end. Something that they asked him to do when he was playing quarterback um, before. And he didn't want to do it. I understand, especially if you if you feel like you're a quarterback, why should I have to do it? So 
I understand that. Shout out to my OG Steve Weiss from NFL Network. I listened to his responses on it, and and he had multiple takes. And um, the thing that really stood out to me was one of the statements that he made saying there were so many people from HBCUs that didn't get picked this year. Of course, we actually kind of talked about it. Um, and a lot was made just in, the, in terms of the statistics. Deion Sanders tweeted about it. And while I do think that that's going to change because you do see McCord Maker, for instance, going to Howard. And, of course, that's basketball, but we see a trend changing in terms of HBCU. So I do think that's going to change in, in, in the long run. So that's one of the, the notes that uh, Mr. Weiss brought up. And when he brought that up, everybody said, oh, you're making it about race, you're making it about race, da 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 Shout out to my OG, because for those who don't know, that's a Howard product. Shout out to Missouri, because he is a Mizzou product as well, but he's a Howard product. Looking at his response, go ahead. No, 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 continue, bro. Uh, looking at some of his responses to people was kind of interesting to me, because I've talked to him. I know how he is on a personal level, so I know how he speaks. That provides so much clarity when you're reading a person's comments when you know them personally. Absolutely. He asked somebody simply put, or I think he might have said it. He said, "Oh, so you're one of those people that think that all bl that only black people attend HBCUs." Yeah, and you know, another thing is like, "Oh, you make everything about race." That's because a lot of it <laughs> is about race. Yeah, Let's talk about it. You know, so many things in this country, I mean, are just rooted in, like, I recently found out that uh, the concept of tipping waiters had to do with race. When this is interesting. You never heard about this? Not at all. Please break it down. So, again, I haven't uh, delved too deep, but basically it goes like this. When black people were freed of slavery and they were able to work in, you know, an establishment sometimes with uh, white coworkers. They they didn't want to have to pay the black co uh, the black uh, workers the same as the white workers, so they made it a tipped based system, knowing that racists who went to the restaurant weren't gonna tip. Yeah, we're gonna tip the white people, not the black people. Wow. That blew my mind. But it's like so many things. Y you read history, so like people say, oh, you're making everything because it is. Most of this stuff really is. I don't know what to tell you. Somebody said, um, I forgot where I was watching it on, but somebody said, when are you going to stop playing a race card? And somebody said, when it stops being applicable. Yeah, exactly. As long as I can play it. It's like a game of spades. As long as I see it on the table, I'm going to play it. Like, especially if it applies here. Like, what do you want me to say? So, at the end of the day, another statement that he made to somebody was, I didn't bring up race. You heard HBCUs and you did. He was like, so let that kind of speak for itself. All that he was speaking about is nepotism. Let's yeah. just say it for what it is. It's nepotism. So what I don't understand, though, is why people want me to care that LeBron has started more than an athlete, the I Promise School, and he has put his childhood friends in those positions to lead things like that. Clutch Sports is one of them. Shout out to Rich Paul. Which is awesome, yeah. Why do you want me to care? Because when things like this, everybody wants me to make it seem like, and no disrespect to Tim Tebow, we just said it. He may be built to play tight end. 
He didn't want to. But to come out of nowhere. And then when you start to kind of connect the dots, it's one dot to connect. And it's Urban Meyer. Did you see what Jimmy Smith said? No, sir. Talk to me. Former Jags wide receiver. See, it's so many damn Jimmy Smiths. I'm thinking a cornerback from Baltimore. No, no, no. What's Jim, up? Jimmy Smith, former. Uh, did you see what he said about uh, T-Ball and Kaepernick? No, sir. He said, uh, we need a guy like Tim Tebow, who's a hometown hero who has love for this city anyway. And then, let me find the quote, we don't need Colin Kaepernick on our team. He would divide the team. You know I had a joke about Florida in there, right? Uh, dude, Jacksonville, I don't even consider it, like, <laughs> get it off. <laughs> you going to cut them off? Where is it at in, Where is it at on the map? Can you cut them off? Or are they in the middle? They're in the, they're in the northeast corner of Florida. So you can cut them off. I lived there for a year and a half. Do you want to cut them off? Sure. Let's just do it. So All right, so let's also, Jimmy Smith, uh, while he says that Kaepernick could be a dividing force, According to ESPN's Jeff Darlington, not everyone in the Jags organization is happy that Tebow might join the team. No, that that's a known thing, and I'm happy that you said Jeff Darlington. I've heard it from more people, though. And there Darlington's are certain legit. people who are not happy that Tim Tebow was there. Wasn't it Bud Dupree that said, wait till we play Jacksonville? Yeah. Because I think a lot of people, they think, oh, it's just one spot. That spot, 53-man roster, that one spot could be used in a lot of different ways other than a 34-year-old that's never played tight end. I'm not saying, look, he could be good. I'm going to give you a really, really difficult, I don't want to say difficult task, but a random task, and I don't know how difficult it is because of where the season is. Can you look up the Jackson, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars practice squad and tell me if they have a tight end on it? Because if they do, I would be pissed. I would be hot, bro. Next level hot. Let let me and T.O. do the Oklahoma drill if I play tight end and I'm on the practice squad. Last man standing, got it. Let's see. I'm going to go to their uh, practice And I just want to let you know, we talked about the New York Knicks absolutely blasting through the Boston Celtics with no Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown is done for the year. Salim, do me a favor and look to your left. I wish there was a camera on you. I wish there was a camera on you, Salim. Do me a favor and update the people on that score. 93 Knicks, 89 Celtics with two minutes and 30 seconds left in the game. <laughs> um, the Knicks win this game. They clinch number. F- they clinch the number four seed in the East. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine if this New York Knicks team loses this game? We haven't felt like they were the Knicks, the old Knicks of all year long. Will we feel it today if they lose this game? Can I? Can I just say, by the way, I am. S- I'm so happy with the play-in tournament. And let me tell you why. Hold on, real quick. Let me no, tell you please why. tell me why. Okay. Because I, I like the idea. Hold on. I, I know a lot of people are against it, but here's why I'm for it. All right? People go, okay, well, we spent all year, and now it could come down to two games. When was the last time a seventh or eighth seed really did – like, I think the last eighth seed to beat a one seed in the playoffs – was the Sixers versus the Bulls in 2012, and that's when Derrick Rose got hurt. And I don't even count that anymore. Yeah, Derrick eight Rose seeds hurt. and seven seeds do not win. And, and again, going into the West or uh, to the East, if you can't beat, like, Washington or Indiana, <laughs> like, you don't – I'm sorry. Like, you have two – if you're the seventh or eighth seed, you have two shots. Relax, bro. No, 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 no. It's <laughs> true. You have two shots. If you can't do that, what do you – 
What do you think is going to happen against Milwaukee? Or uh, Philly, Brooklyn, anybody. Yeah, yeah. Or the Suns or even the Jazz. Like, look, all I'm saying is it makes it a lot more fun. I've had so much fun watching. Like, even though the Heat, you know, were at risk, I was still like, you know what? This is still fun. Right. I think the reason why I was kind of like, why? Because I think we've kind of already talked about it, man. And. Guys, we're going to get to local news later, and the and reason why I'm breaking this up and I'm doing this right in this moment is because, Celine, look at that TV over there in the corner. That looks like puck drop at the T-Mobile Arena, guys. That means game one of this playoff series for the Vegas Golden Knights in the Minnesota Wild has just begun. We will get to the specifics in that. Celine, you want to squeeze it in real quick? The uh, Vegas Golden Knights ended the season at 40-14-2, 82 points. They were two off. I shouldn't say two off. They were second. In terms of the best record in the league, they ended up falling behind to the uh, Carolina um, Panthers. No, no, I said Carolina Panthers. Carolina Hurricanes. Jeez, Louise, I'm talking about the Florida Panthers. You got the Florida Panthers. I don't know why. Uh, So, again, this series is starting right now. Puck drop just took place maybe, what, Celine, 30 seconds ago, 45 seconds ago? Tyler was worried about this – Potential matchup. Nerlens Noel sent one into the stands? Yeah. Nerlens Noel. What mean? Jason Tatum isn't playing. Yes, sir. So if Boston pulls this game out, a little more a little more excitement, already knowing you're going to be a 7C. But Tyler was worried about this potential uh, Minnesota Wild matchup because of the way that we played them during the regular season. Do you know in 10 games what the win-loss record for the Vegas Golden Knights was against the Minnesota Wild? This season? This season. Ten games. Five and five? Very, very close. Four and six. Celine, are you worried? Nah. They're going to take care of them. I like the energy. So let's get back to the playing tournament. The reason why I said I was kind of eh on it is because I've told you guys, especially based on what you just said, I think the Lakers as a seven seed, eh. That's not a normal seven seed. That's a little different. As far as the East, I don't see anybody getting past Brooklyn in the first round. I don't see anybody getting past uh, Philly in the first round. That We're going to have to play one of the two. I'd rather not go. <laughs> Dude, that's what I mean. Like, look, I get it. I know you what spent, I've said in the past, Dad. I you, know. you spent all year. Bro, if you, can't, if you can't win two games against the ninth or the tenth seed, like – Bro, you're not going to win the title anyway, let's be honest. Like, I have a – I'm 23 years old. I have a higher chance of becoming six foot six <laughs> than you do <laughs> winning the title. Uh, so let's talk about that. And, guys, you guys, once again, and I'm saying, guys, speaking to the listeners, this is a hometown station, right? So even though the beloved Oakland A's do not play here in Vegas, at least yet, I'm looking at Ramon Laureano right now as the Oakland A's are trailing 4-1 to one to the Minnesota Twins. Literally, guys, if you can, go to Twitter right now because it's going to be trending in a matter of seconds. This interaction between uh, Ramon Laureano and this second base umpire, I'll, I'll, I'll let it speak for itself. But please go take a look at that if you have the opportunity. So I know what I've said in the past about wanting to be – I want a dog in a fight. I want a dog in a fight. This year is a little bit different. Different. Salim, you already talked about it. This play-in tournament, it comes down to two games. But like you just said, at least it gives some type of excitement to the 9 and the 10 seed, and it gives some excitement to the fans. 
here's the only issue that I have with it. First of all, I'll tell you why I like it. I like it because nobody, everybody's like, oh, it comes down to the last two games of the year. Da, 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 da. Actually, it doesn't. You guys are playing, and I'm saying you guys once again, talking about the NBA players. Anyway, players are playing 72 games this year. No, it's not. It's not coming down to two games. Yeah, if, if you We still cut your season by eight games. If you don't like it, then, uh, you know, guess what? Be higher than the seventh seed. Finish six or higher, which shouldn't be a, a, for an NBA team, especially if we understand tiers, benchmarks, all of these different things. That's not usually a goal to finish six, unless you're the Brooklyn Nets the first year that you get D'Angelo Russell, and then you're like, I don't really know what the ceiling is. Let's shoot for five or six. Yeah, you're a young team. You want to get some playoff experience. Okay. Do you, think the, do you think the Spurs right now care? I mean, I'm sure the players. Yeah, but the, yeah, yeah. But do you think, like, in general, like, the organization's like, we have to make it? I Definitely not saying to have to at all. I think they're like, okay, if we make it, cool. If not, cool. You know, we'll draft a. Hey, what if, like, San Antonio, like, trades up or something? Like, just offers. Wouldn't surprise me. I would love to see them do that. It wouldn't surprise me because, well, they we need a star. The whole thing about San Antonio. They they need a star. I think Kay Cunningham would be great there, but I don't know what they're gonna package together. No, I, I don't it's think anybody happen. would. Get, yeah. Exactly. What's gonna happen? I could see them trading up for like a Kuminga, or Jalen Green. I I just I, I think. Dejounte Murray is gone if that happens. Lonnie Walker is gone if that happens. Jakob Perto is probably gone if that happens. We'll, we'll see. What ha- I think the Spurs have something up their sleeve. I think Coach Pop always does. Don't don't quote me on that, but, you know. Um, somebody just asked me where we on. Is everything good? No, no. The live is not working again. No, live isn't working. It's I connection. don't know what's going on with live. Um, so, yeah, we're going to keep trying this. But – we can we can stay with basketball talk right now because that's exactly where our, our quick hits are gonna start. Um, the New York Knicks finally did get, get close out this win. They will be the number four seed moving into this NBA postseason moving forward. What you got for me? Sorry, one more thing. Nah, yes, the Jaguars do have a tight end in the practice squad. Give me the name. His name is Ben Ellison. Ben Ellison. If I was you, I would request the Oklahoma drill against Tim Tebow. They also have another one, Matt Flanagan. Both of them. Hold on, I'm going to keep going down the list to see if they have more. They better not have another one. No, it looks like only those two. Is Tebow on the active roster? I think so. Okay. All right, guys. Um. <laughs> all right. I don't know what you want me to say. Um. All right, so let's just hop into it. Let's just get right into quick hits. Let's do it right now. Let's do it while we can. Quick hits are about basketball. Last time we were in here, we were talking about uh, – Russell Westbrook tying the big O. He passed him. Since then, Russell Westbrook has passed the big O. Russell Westbrook is now the triple-double king. I don't know what else to say about this besides, like I said before, and I'm going to continue to say it, when Russell Westbrook had the season, the, the first two months, of the year that he had after Kevin Durant left. We said Russell Westbrook can average a triple-double this year. About two months in, we said 
Russell Westbrook. Actually, before we even said that, we said, what's Oscar's number? So soon thereafter, I feel like we began to, to it began to become a well-known fact with the way that Russell Westbrook played. Barring injury, he was going to pass Oscar Robertson. Now that we're here, Salim, are people downplaying it? Yeah, and, and you know, do you remember that year uh, in OKC where Durant got hurt for the majority yes, of the season? Yes, the foot. And then Russell Westbrook that year, and I still think this is probably his second best year in the NBA, he averaged 28, 10, and 7 on really good efficiency. He was just an absolute monster that year. Just like, I think it's one of his most underrated years, like, because people are like, oh, well, KD was out, you know, th- they weren't really paying attention too much. But um, that was a – look, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Very true. Every NBA – look, I don't care anybody. Every NBA player stat chases to an extent. It's normal. Look, and not only that, the record of Russell Westbrook teams when he gets a triple-double – Talk about it. Is like 70 to 80%. Talk about it. Like, when he gets triple-doubles, n- most of the time they win. So it's not just empty no- – like, this actually matters – Oh, and the Wizards uh, did beat the Hornets 115-110. Russell Westbrook, 23 points, 15 boards, 10 assists. Just another hole. 23 boards, 15 bo- uh, 23 points, 15 boards, 10 assists for Russell Westbrook. They have clinched, um, I think, the— I think they're the team because we won as well. The Pacers won as well. Okay, so they didn't clinch anything. No, they did. I believe so because the Bulls are out. The the Raptors are out because we beat the Raptors. I got to check. My internet's really slow right now. I, I, clearly, Westgate is a little bit off right now, the internet, because it might be a couple people in here, like extra. That might be the issue. But our live is actually down right now as well. The Wizards finished the season at uh, 34 and 38. 10. Is it 10? Uh, I got it. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you had the standings up. No. Nice. So, I'm going to go 10. Only reason why is because I think – Especially with a boat with with a win for both of us, we're locked into the nine. But see, the Hornets just lost, so I don't know. Now that the Hornets lost, I'm not sure. Now, now what we can see, but you see, now like I said, Celine, I don't want to do this because let's say that we do get the eight seed and we have to play the Boston Celtics, right? Even without Jalen Brown. Let's say we beat the Boston Celtics and we keep Boston out the playoffs. Okay. Or we or we knock them to eighth or we keep them out. Whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Fam, my reward is that I have to play Boston? Or, excuse me, Brooklyn? That's what I win? Without Jalen Brown? <laughs> oh, I mean, sorry. Uh, like, I beat Boston without Jalen Brown, but my reward is I got to see Brooklyn. And regardless of what you guys think, I think a healthy Brooklyn team. Fam, I, that's they a all reward? played together yesterday. Against the I don't want to see that. I don't. As a as a Pacer fan, we don't have very 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 many lottery picks. I'm cool with missing the playoffs this year. Hey, bro, and no disrespect to the Pacers. You're gonna disrespect the Pacers. I don't want to see that shit. Don't do that to us. Do you okay? Do you really want to watch four games of Brooklyn versus Indiana? No, but don't do that to us. I'm sorry, bro. I, I remember I said Brooklyn and Indiana Easter Conference Finals like the before the season started. I mean, you might get the series, just not in the right uh, spot. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, people are downplaying Russell Westbrook, and I don't like it. Um, but Russ is, is used to it at this point. Um, I want to shine light really quick on the African Basketball League. This was something that we were supposed to bring up on Wednesday. 
I'll be honest, man. I didn't know that the season started, that the league started today. So, I didn't know that the league started today. I'm excited to tell you guys that the league did start today. I seen an interview from Ben Uzo. If you guys know about Ben Uzo, Ben Uzo, I believe, was drafted by the um, New York, or excuse me, by the New Jersey Nets at the time they were New Jersey. Um, Salim is triple checking that for us right now. But when Ben Uzo came out, of course, we know sports, so we know basketball. I seen Ben Uzo and said, I know him. I know who that is. And he was speaking about the African Basketball League, the ABL. Was it the New Jersey Nets? Yeah, New Jersey Nets. Where else did he play? Did he play in Golden State? Where else did he play? He played – man, he's played all over. Jesus. Okay. But as far as the NBA, he played in Cleveland. He played in Toronto. And, yeah, those are the three teams. Okay. I know the Nets as well. Um, so, Ben Uzo was speaking about the African Basketball League, again, the ABL. Speaking about what it means. Speaking about uh, just – all of the work that went into it. The NBA has spoken about basketball without borders for a very, very long time. We've seen the expansion uh, here at Summer League when they've allowed international teams now to be a part of Summer League. And I think we only have two Summer League, uh, international Summer League teams now. But I'm sure that's only going to expand. This African Basketball League, even though I was excited about it because we knew it was coming up, we've heard Dikembe Mutombo talk about it. We've heard Luau Dang talk about it. We've heard Adam Silver talk about it. To see it actually come to fruition now, I'm beyond excited. I'm beyond proud of the league. However, it wasn't a lot of talk around it. Like, I'm on Bleacher Report, so that's where I got majority of my coverage about the ABL. Shout out to Bleacher Report. And in doing that, you guys know my favorite rapper. Currently, let me do that. My favorite current rapper, which is J. Cole. Terrell's a big J. Cole guy. I'm a, I'm a humongous J. Cole fan. Like, that's the only person that I will say I kind of stand for. So, in terms of this generation. So, Cole, let's, let's, let's speak about it for what it is. Cole has had the come up, the warm up, Friday Night Lights, now the off season. If you listen to... His studio albums, which I know the offseason is considered one. If you follow J. Cole's career, the offseason was originally supposed to be a mixtape. Follow the, the, the timeline. Cole has plenty of basketball references. Oh, yeah. I hoop, but never good enough to ever be a Laker. But the words I record got me balling. Jordan. Now, he's, all, he's played in a celebrity game. Dude, he can, like, he can really play. He can shoot. Plus, he's like, what, 6'3", six, 6'4"? Six, exactly. So he's tall, like, you know. So Cole clearly has a basketball history. Cole played in high school. I understand that there's a lot of people that played in high school, but here's where I'm going with it. The Detroit Pistons, for whatever reason, wanted to give him a, tri- wanted to give him a tryout. I could get why the league and even former players, players that are trying to get to the league, everybody kind of looked around and said, that's not cool. I'm blowing a red flag. I mean, I'm uh, waving a red flag. I'm blowing the whistle. Something's not right about that scenario. Cool. I could understand J. Cole seeing that response and saying, I'm not going to take it anyway because I respect the craft. If somebody came in off of – if Shaq got signed by Atlantic, we understand Shaq was a rapper. He could rap too. Absolutely he could. But I could also understand rappers that are trying to get on looking at Shaq like, bro, I'm better than you. You're here because of your name. Regardless. So, J. Cole didn't do it. I wish he would have if they did offer him a spot on the team. I wish he would have. That'd be pretty cool to see him playing for Detroit. Why not? It'd be pretty cool. 
dope. The Charlotte Hornets didn't do it, and he's from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Master P, Percy Miller. One he did the, everything, man. He Master everything. P is black history. He did he's everything. literally black history. He did, like, literally everything, Everything man. we've every, – growing up as a black child, especially in the hood, the projects, whatever you want to call it, everything that we said we wanted to do, Master P did it. And is doing it. Actively. So when Cole says that he signed – or excuse me, when they say that he's signing with the Rwanda Patriots – I wasn't following it too closely, so mm-hmm. it came out of left field. I'm like, what? Yeah, but for me, it didn't because I'll put it this way. While the announcement came out of nowhere, oh, wow, he's at, he's going to play in the ABL. The first thing that popped in my mind was he never took that Detroit tryout. I said Cole has been very, very active, and this is the part that bothers me. People act like Cole has not been dropping music but has been seen in everybody's open run guarding James Harden. Like – Let's not act as if he hasn't been very, very active in the gym. So he wanted to play in somebody's league. I'm not going to speak to his skill level, whatever the case may be. What I can't get with, the reason why I wrote this down, is why people want me to be upset that Cole is playing in the bas- the ABL. Like you just said, you didn't even – we knew about the ABL and didn't know when it was starting. Do you know how many eyes tuned in today simply because J. Cole wore a uniform? Yeah, that's really awesome. I like I wanna find a way to start watching this league. Cause it's it's awesome. You got teams from Senegal, Morocco, Egypt, Nigeria, Angola, Ru- uh, Rwanda. This is pretty cool. And Cole played seventeen minutes today. He had he had three points, he had three rebounds and two assists. So in terms of seventeen minutes, not terrible. You want somebody that's going to do everything, right? All right, come on, man. We're talking about people doing everything. Almost a per 36, 6 and 6. Celine, you're on to something. You're on to something. You want to compare it to NBA numbers? Let's not do it. Um, He's got the uh, TJ McConnell numbers. Don't do that. TJ, hey, TJ's had a – He's an amazing player. Don't do that. TJ's now you're going to make me be mean to Cole. Hey, he's had a great year. Let's give TJ McConnell – like, on defense this year, he's been an absolute monster. Speaking of TJ McConnell, he's on the screen right now. Shout out to TJ. Um, <laughs> for what it's worth, Kendrick Perkins did retweet or quote J. Cole's tweet uh, or the J. Cole stats and said those are big perk numbers. He's not wrong. He's not wrong, bro. Honestly, I wanted to argue with Perk and be like, show me the two assists. Show me the two assists right now. But if you passing out the paint to KD, okay, I kind of get it. But Boston, show me the two assists. Nah, but okay, I'm joking. But Kendrick Perkins clearly out of the post was one of those players that can make it happen. But three, three, and two, saying that those are big perk numbers, hilarious. Hey, at least he has a sense of humor. I mean, I think Kendrick. I mean, I've had conversations with KP only at summer league, like never nothing really like extensive. He seems really like that. Like that's not for what it's worth. I know we talked about Paul Pierce when he was on ESPN and everything else. That's not an act. I've never talked to Jalen Rose, but I don't think that's an act. I've talked to Michael Smith from uh, his and hers, of course, Jamel Hill. Michael Smith, that's him. Bomani Jones, yeah, that's him. He's Yeah, Bomani, that's definitely Pablo him. Torre, that's him. Whether you like it or not, <laughs> that's them. So just a couple of names that I'm just thinking about. So uh, Kendrick definitely has a uh, – uh, uh, what's the word? He has a um, sense of humor. About hey man, himself. In his prime when he was getting six points, eight boards, a block, two blocks, d- good defense. Hey, man, 
I, he was a really good defender. I'll give him that. That's what I was just about to say. We we have to give him that. We're we're gonna get to Bean and and the hall, the hoop hall later, uh, or actually in a second. But that game seven in two thousand and ten, if KP plays as close as that game was. Especially I don't know that Boston doesn't win that Especially series. with how uh, Kobe dominated on the board second. And I, I love – you guys know how I feel about Kobe. I love Kobe. He I ha- think Kobe would tell you guys that he stunk it up that game. I think Kobe shot six of 22. Yeah, something like that. He had a very – He had like 15 boards, though. Yeah, he – you know, and that's the thing. That was like one of the differences. That's why I think if Perkins played, who knows? Maybe does he get those bo- – we don't know. Hmm. Long live Bean, and that's actually Absolutely. where we're headed now because we're talking about the Hoop Hall. We're talking about the NBA Hall of Fame, the Naismith Hall of Fame. And I, I, let's talk about this really quick. I love the fact that with the Naismith Hall of Fame, they continue to reiterate to anybody that's paying attention, this is a basketball Hall of Fame. Anything you have done from high school Which is so cool. to the international ranks. And everything in between. So that's why, Salim, you have been in rooms with me. When people tell me, and I'm not trying to take away from the, pe- from the people whose moment this is, when people tell me that Carmelo Anthony is not a Hall of Famer, or people are questioning whether Carmelo Anthony is a Hall of Famer, I say Carmelo Anthony is one of the greatest basketball players to ever grace this planet. Absolutely. And that's from high school on, and I stand by that. Absolutely. And that's somebody that I've actually had conversations with, like, for the first time in high school and then USA basketball practice two years ago. That's a person that stay mellow is a real thing. Mellow's always going to be mellow. So I'm just happy to see him get to where he's at. And I I just felt the need to say that for whatever reason because I still feel like he's disrespected. Can I also just say that I am so happy that Chris Bosh made the Hall of Fame? You want to get into that first? Let's do that first. Let's talk about the next class. Twenty, yeah. Well, okay. We'll because we have specifics with with in, this in one. In twenty twenty, the big names: KG, Tim Duncan, and the late Kobe Bryant. And um, can you give us all the names? If you I'm if you if, to if find you have a them list. up, I know Rudy Tomjanovich is one. Seeing, I don't want to um, be wrong with the rest of the names, but. You're you're getting the rest of the names. Yeah, I'm looking them up. I want to say really quick. Let me let me mention the three that you just mentioned. First of all, Tim Duncan. I'm gonna start there. Tim Duncan. Um, I got it. Yeah. You got it. Go ahead, yeah. give me the list. Uh, Rudy Tomjanovich. Absolutely. Eddie Sutton, Barbara Stevens, Kim Mulkey, KG, Tim Duncan, Tamika Catchings, Kobe, and Patrick Bowman. Thank you, Bowman. thank you. And then also, um, I believe in in terms of media, there was electronic media and print media. Mike Breen from ESPN. Uh, it might be ESPN and ABC. Mike Breen went into the Hall of Fame on the electronic oh, side. That's awesome. And Mike Wilvon went in on, on uh, behalf of the print side. Two legends. And you guys know, clearly, you I've guys watching, know where we're at. I've been watching Pardon the Interruption since I was a little kid, man. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's, that's our childhood. Tony, him and Tony Kornheiser, man, going back and forth. Good night, Canada. <laughs> and and you you haven't had the opportunity to cover summer league with us. The very next time it, it comes back to the city, you already know you're you're doing it. Summer league is how can I put it? Summer league is it's so much. 
and you just mentioned it right now. Mike Breen and Mike Wilbon especially are just huge parts of our upbringing. Things that we want to do, there's no way that we wouldn't be able to pull from something that they have done before. Hey, Mike Breen saying bang? It's a marker. We, we, if we see a three and he's not on the telecast, we're like, where's the bang? Back out to Allen. Bang. Where's the bang? Like, we need the, we need the sound effects. We love Marv Albert. But if it's not Marv Albert or Mike Breen, we're looking at everybody like, fam, what are we, where, what are we doing? Where are they at? Just because. When it gets to, to postseason time, MLB postseason, and Marv Albert goes to go do TBS games, it bothers the hell out of me. Cause I'm looking at I'm looking at other things like his voice is amazing for baseball clearly, but I think that's where my selfishness comes in. We all know my favorite sport is basketball. I think of Marv Albert and Mike Breen and think hoops. If you guys um, want to look into Marv Albert's personal life, the guy's look. I, I love the guy. <laughs> I love the guy. I, I love the guy. We'll, uh, we'll go in quick and talk about this 2021 class, which will be uh, inducted on September 11th, actually. Okay, I'm just going to read off some names. Let's do it. Chris Bosch, uh, Chris Weber, Ben Wallace, and then uh, we got Rick Adelman, Jay Wright, uh, Bill Russell for his time as a Co- coach, uh, Yolanda Griffith, Lauren Jackson, Bob Dandridge, Tony Kukoc, um, Pearl Moore, Clarence Jenkins, uh, Val Ackerman, Cotton Fitzsimmons, and Howard Garf- uh, Garfinkel. I wanted to tell you how many people I was ex- I was excited for in that class, and then you kept naming people. So I don't know where to start. So many legends. Yolanda Griffith and Lauren Jackson, those two, I don't think you named any other WNBA players. However... I'm sure that there's another class that rivals that in terms of WNBA in- inductees. But we may have to go back and look. Because Yolanda Griffith and Lauren Jackson, just those two, that's a heavy two. Absolutely. So when you were mentioning names, the b- it's going to hurt me and pain me to say this, especially being a Pacer fan. I think the name that I might be most – aside from Rick Adelman. Congratulations to Rick Adelman. I'm extremely happy for Ben Wallace. Oh, my God. Me, too. That's the one for me. He might be. And, again, so many people have different answers to this. The NBA has been a league since 1948. Like, like, even, you know. Ben Wallace is probably a top five defender of all time. Might even be higher. You know what's interesting? And I was a kid, and I haven't checked this as an adult. I remember somebody saying this, and it wasn't – it didn't come from a place of, like – come on. I told my dad this as a kid, and my dad was like, Ben Wallace isn't that sensitive. And I said, I don't think it's a place of coming from, like, sensitivity. It's, it's bigger than that. I remember as a kid, I used to always try to guess whether Ben Wallace would have his hair in a fro or whether he would have his hair braided. Do you know how he picked? How? And when I tell you, you're going to go back and say, wow, I don't know where I heard this, how I heard it, but I remember it being said or being told to me. Well, clearly I'm watching, so it's being told to me. Ben Wallace said that he wore his fro for home games. He braided his hair whenever he was away. Interesting. I didn't notice that. I never noticed it, but once he said it, I paid attention to it. Whenever Ben Wallace had on that blue uniform, his hair was braided. Whenever he had on the white headband, 
his hair was in a fro. So I say that to say, I told my dad, I was listening to him talk about it, and I think it might have been one of those things where he said, it's the fans. I don't think that nothing got to him where it, it got to, like it hurt his feelings, but we've been on the sideline before. Fans are funny. Sometimes it's just funny. He said the love that he got in Detroit when he rocked his fro, it was it became a, a Detroit thing. When he left, there was no way he was wearing his hair in the fro. Just, he just wasn't doing it. Not that he was like, I'm, a, I'm ashamed of the fro. I'm just not doing no, it. No, he just didn't want to. This is a Detroit thing. Yeah. Uh, he gave an interview after he retired. Uh, it was a couple years ago, I think it came out. And he was talking about, like, ex-players, and he was like, you know, you get a little lonely and a little depressed because that phone stops ringing as much as it used to when you were a player. People kind of forget about you. So I think that's really awesome for him in terms of making the – I think it's absolutely deserved. Um, And we're going to talk in the next – what is this, year plus? So what's that, 17 months? Over the next 17 months, I think we're going to talk a lot more about Chris Bosh. So no disrespect to Chris Bosh, but we're clearly just letting that situation breathe a little bit. We're – extremely at least I'm, I'll, I'll speak for myself i'm extremely uh you mentioned it as well you're extremely proud of um I'm so happy chris bosh and happy for him uh i just think this is a moment to definitely give big ben wallace his flowers uh a like monst- i said a monster in the paint i've i've gone to sleep plenty of nights cursing out ben wallace as a pacer <laughs> fan like fam like you you guys seven do. seven block six block why ronner test why'd you put that up like i'm whatever i could and do it all day to the lakers in 2004 i could do it all day Look, man, Shaq might be, at his prime, might have been the most dominant player ever. There were some games in that series where Ben Wallace erased. I've never seen anything like it. Guys, if if you really love basketball, as much as they were low scoring, go and watch some of those Detroit Lakers games. It was a five-game series. And watch how Ben Wallace played in that series. I tell people all the time, Alex always asks me, what's your favorite jo- generation of basketball? Like, I don't know how long generations go in terms of sports. But I'm going to give you a snapshot, and I told her. I said, give me basketball from 2003 to 2000. Actually, I'll take – give me 2000. I'll take basketball from 2000 to 2009. That's about where it cuts off for me. Give me that, and I feel like that's some of the best basketball I've ever watched. You know, it's it's funny because the, uh, the era of basketball, like not in the 70s because that was like the league was declining in popularity in the 70s. But the worst era, at least considered by many, and I don't agree with this because I really like this era too, but the worst era of basketball after the 70s was considered the post-Jordan and pre, like 98, 99, like 2003. I believe it. That was like. I will admit when the New Jersey Nets made the finals, I was, as a child, I was like Todd McCullough. Like he's the starting center in the NBA. (laughs) No, he's not. And I was just like, guys, again, we just tried this for maybe the fourth or fifth time. This live is, I don't know what's going on, guys. That's the only caveat with, with having this uh this, this live stream. We're, we're going to get it together, guys. Trust me. Um, So I, I'm extremely happy for that. But we just talked about the generation of, of sports that we like. And we can end it with this, within this first hour with this. We have less than 10 minutes to go. Um, I think that 2004 Kevin Garnett, is one of the best basketball players ever. Oh, 100%. No, you say 100%. 
Salim, you'd be surprised the amount of people that I argue with over 2004 Kevin Garnett. I'm, I've picked 2004 Kevin Garnett over a couple of LeBron years, and I've had Duna looked at me and was like, you're pit taking 04 Kevin. And I told him, go back and look at 04 Kevin Garnett. Yeah, an, an absolute monster. And he revolutionized the game, too. Talk about it. The game wouldn't be where it is today without without him. That uh, pick and pop with that 17 to 21 footer. And today, if he was in the – now it would be a three. Absolutely. And, you know, he would have been a great three-point shooter if he, like, had worked on it. He didn't feel, you know, at that point, that's not really what it was. Absolutely. But defensively, the passing, the intelligence, the ability to score from almost anywhere, the rebounds, I mean, the leadership, the intensity he came with. Hmm. Guys, uh, I'm I'm glad he made the Hall of Fame. That there wasn't a question for me. I'm sure it wasn't a question for you either. But yeah. I just it, this is when I realize it for me, man. And this is I love it in terms of what, of course, what KG means to me. But Salim, we're we're gonna get to a Brianna Stewart topic later. And 12 years is gonna be a number that we talk about. I I gave you a name. And when I gave you a name, I turned around and looked at you and said, she played the late 90s, didn't you? And I said, Celine, that was 20 years ago. And I said I would have aged myself on the show because I would have been saying it confidently as if I was sitting in 2013. And that's just not the case anymore. Salim, I think we're at the stage where the Kevin Garnett that people remember mm-hmm. is Brooklyn. I'm telling you, bro. I'm having conversations with people about 04 Kevin Garnett, and they're looking at me like I'm speaking another language. Maybe the uh, it has to be the young people because, like, I'm 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 only 23. I'll be 24 in a couple months. I remember Minnesota KG from when I was really young. I remember that. Duna works with us, bro. <laughs> like, and he he's taking LeBron's like rookie year over like, and I, it doesn't matter. He's taking Bron, and I'm like, bro. I love Bron, but Bron's rookie year. And some of Bron's years have not been as good as that 2004. I can name a couple of Bron. And Bron has been amazing. I can name a couple of Bron years, just, really and I'm taking LeBron. KG. It's not. It's about it's KG. 2003-2004 season being – Sorry, just one more thing about what you got? Ben Wallace. In more defense. I like it. In the 2001 to 2002 season, he averaged 8 points, 13 boards, and 4 blocks. Or 3.5 blocks. The next year – he averaged seven points, 15 boards, and three blocks. You want to? Uh, I thought you were going to keep going. What you got? I know you got another one. Just, just ridiculous. Give man. me career numbers. Career numbers, six points, ten boards, two blocks. But a lot of that career number, it's because of that period from, like, 2006 to, like, 2012. When Absolutely. He didn't really play that much. Wasn't he in Chicago? Where was he at? He was Chicago. He was in Where Chicago. Was he? he went to Cleveland, and then he finished in Detroit. Oh, yeah, he finished out in Detroit. Um, I remember that. When Ben Wallace went to Detroit, and I think he was number six. And I was like, ooh, you look weird. Not in number yeah. six. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, oh, it looks six. gross. It was just – and that, but I was happy that they did it. We'll get to another person who's getting another opportunity. We thought his career was – Three and a half boards. <laughs> yeah, man, right? And one steal. Or two steals, sorry. That year he had two steals. Ben Wallace is a – you talk about it all the time. 
people are in the NBA or in the WNBA or in the NFL, NHL, MLB. There are certain people. We talked about it earlier. Tim Tebow, batting 230. There are some people that we need your 230. Based on the way that this lineup shakes out, your 230 in the 9-hole is important to us. This is very important. So we're actually going to um, get rid of this first hour. Salim, you want to just keep going since we're not on? Uh, what's yeah, we call? can just keep going. Let's just keep rocking for right now. Let's just do it. Um, I want to talk Tim Duncan now. The big fundamental. And this is where I'll go, Salim, and, and here's, wh- here's where I'll take it. And this is, like, with the most – I think this is the highest praise that I could give anybody in this generation. We know about the all-decade teams. We know about the all-generation teams. Who beats the 2000s, the 2010s? Who beats who? Whatever, whatever, right? Absolutely. I think, of course, we know how we feel about Kobe, right? Mm-hmm. In hindsight, when Clay's career is over, we're going to look at Clay Thompson and say, okay, he could have done it. LeBron James, but the way that he's built in a way that he has been able to last in terms of durability, we know that, right? I think without a doubt for this generation, and I'm cool with it. I understand LeBron. I understand Kobe. Because of what you just said, the big fundamental, if I'm talking to somebody who hits me with the Bill Russells, the Wilt Chamberlains, the Pistol Pete Maraviches, if you start hitting me with the legends of yesteryear, the one legend that every single season that he played – you had to wonder if his team was going to win a championship from rookie season to last season? I don't care. You pick up Tim Duncan, you drop Tim Duncan in the 50s. He's Tim Duncan. You pick Tim Duncan up, you drop him today. He's Timmy. He's Tim Duncan. Can I also just say one thing? I'm sure people, some people agree with me, some people don't. He, for me, is the fourth best basketball player ever. Salim, that's why I didn't – like I said, I understand Bron, I understand Kobe. For me, that's the one player I'm taking to every generation. I know what I'm getting with this one. And, and people forget this too because, I mean, look, in, a, in basketball, obviously fans love offense. They love the offensive side of the game. Tim Duncan had a stretch from his rookie year to – 2007, where he averaged at least two blocks a game, and oftentimes, like, he had 2.9 blocks one year, 2.7, and it goes so far beyond just the blocks. The guy was an absolute, like, terror on defense. So, let me do me one quick favor. Tell me his, just go down his, the line. You don't have to do all his years. Go down the line and tell me his field goal percentage. Pick any years. Give me, like, six. 55, 49, 50, 51, 50, 48, 55, 50. I can keep You're talking about eight or nine. Nothing lower than what, 48? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> also, uh, people like, you know, as great as Timmy was, when you look at his early career, not only was he fundamentally sound, he was athletic. Like, he was getting you, like, okay. In the 2001-2002 season, and remember, this is at a time, it's not like today where offenses are scoring 120 points a game. Yes. So these points that he's scoring, compare it to now and, like, switch it in terms of the – he was the averaging – percentages of his points. 25.5 points per game, 13 rebounds, 4 assists, 
two and a half blocks a game. In a game where you were probably averaging 99 to 101, maybe. So we have to like, understand these offensive numbers that they, these guys were putting up in the early to mid-2000s. Compare them to now. These guys, like, that's what I mean. That means Timmy would. What did you just say? Twenty-five. This was his highest scoring year. Was in 2001-2002. He averaged 25.5 points a game, 13 rebounds, four assists, two and a half blocks, and 0.7 steals. So for today, we're just gonna talk about the way that this game runs. How many? How many assists? One more time. Uh, four. Okay, I think he would hover around there. Maybe four or five assists a game. 25 points in today's game, even with the way that the Spurs play and the way that they shoot threes, he may be up to six, seven assists, possibly. But Tim Duncan would have averaged 30. I'm going to go 31. Yeah. 30, 31. And easily. more rebounds because more shots. So he'd probably get like 15 boards. 31, 15, and seven. And probably over three blocks a game because more shots equals more opportunities. For with, I'm going to go 1.3 steals. That's my guess. That's what Tim Duncan would post today. So a, people need to season. understand. This guy, look, here's my list. If you ask me, Celine Dweck, I'm not going to get into it. Like, we can go all day with the top ten and all this. Sh if you ask me, my top five players of all time, Jordan 1A, LeBron 1B, Kareem, Timmy, and Shaq. That's my top five. A lot of people may disagree. A lot of people agree. For me, I've thought about it a lot. Who was three, Kareem? Rick. When can I ask a quick question? Mm. Where, and this is not a part of the topic. I told you guys we might go a little over today. Where is Hakeem? I and where's Kobe? Give me those two. I have, uh, so I'd have to go back. I have this list at home. Beautiful. I think I had Hakeem six. Good, 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 good choice. I had, uh, hold on, sorry, my, my brain. I had Magic seven, and then I had Kobe eight. And um, because you had three big men in the top five, I wouldn't have taken Hakeem no lower than eight. Yeah, no, and, and I had uh, – and then nine and ten, I, I had Larry Bird at nine. And then ten, who the, I had to wilt with the ten. Now. And no, Bill Russell in the top ten. Okay, well – He's shortly it. thereafter, but like – I'm just – I'm just – no, I'm not worried about that, trust me. The pace they played at at that time was so fast that like – I'm not saying Wilt didn't put up crazy numbers, he did – I think when you account for how much better today's players are, you have to. And that's not discounting what he did. Right. It's just a, it's just reality. Like, guys today are ten times better. Yeah. I mean, uh, again, Tim Duncan is that is that one player that I think, like you said, Tim Duncan, for what it's worth, people laugh and talk, but I ask my dad all the time, who sets up the San Antonio Spurs offense? Like, when they were – let's say this is 04 or 05. My dad was like, Tony Parker's their point guard, right? And I was like – yeah. Yeah, but he wasn't saying Answer that. my question. And he was like, I thought I just did. You didn't. So let me before I even get into that, let me go ahead and let you guys know it is the end of the first period here in Vegas from the T Mobile Arena. We're not at zero, guys. I feel like this is the way that this series is gonna be. We're gonna be locked in loaded with the Minnesota Wild. Can I can I also just say What's up I with know you? this might be sacrilegious? Those Minnesota Wild jerseys are they're insane, bro. Incredible. I gotta get one of those. I'm that you're going too far. For the winter? You're going a little too far. For the winter, I'm going to get that one. And I will get an old-school Mighty Ducks jersey, I just to that. say it. I love hockey jerseys, man. They're fire. Hockey jerseys and baseball jerseys are cold, bro. I'm, I'm going to get a Maple Leafs one. I love the Maple Le I love the Rangers uniform. Maybe a Wild one. I'm not going to do the Wild because I got to actually be around Sam Gordon, and I'm not doing it. 
Um, <laughs> I won't do it. Fan, right? He's just from Minnesota, so oh, even yeah. if he's not, he's gonna be like fam. So it's, I'm not doing it. Never gonna happen. Let me not say never. Let me not do that. Um, and then of course, oh, so I was telling my dad. Answer my question. And he was like, I thought I just did. And I was like, you actually didn't. Because I told my dad, yes, Tony Parker brings the ball up. Tim Duncan, every play high post. is at the high post. High post. I said every single play is at the high post. I okay. said, and you will realize, I said, Bruce Bowen is standing in that corner until Timmy touches the ball. That's when the motion offense begins. I told my dad, I said, Tim Duncan has been their play initiator for, like, majority of their seasons. That That's baffling to me. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's really nothing on the court that, t- that Tim Duncan could not do. And that's the interesting part because he only showed – I feel like Tim Duncan showed us 70% of his bag. I truthfully think that. And he has five rings. No, uh, you know, he's – like I said, to me, fourth best ever. I got my list pretty set in stone. And, again, these guys are so cl- – like – like, if somebody said, you know, oh, I'll take Shaq over it. Okay, that's fine. Like, these guys are right. so <laughs> close. Like, you're splitting hairs. Like, the difference between 1 and, like, 15 or 1 and 10, I mean, it's not that big. You know what I mean? Like, like when I have, like, okay, I got uh, some Kobe fans upset when I said on Twitter a few years ago that I have Kobe. Uh, I had him, like, 7th or 8th. And I'm like, dude, like. That's an odd, like, that's, you're the seventh. It's like 30,000 basketball players. <laughs> like, and yeah, I would have Magic just, a l- I have Magic just a teensy bit over, but that's not, like, disrespect, you know, so. See, so yeah, we're, we're going to get into it. Let's, let's, can you do me a favor? Write down, write this down. Pie Pocket. Top 10 of all time. I'm willing to, I'm willing to, to, to n- write down my top 10 and make it unarguable. Like, I'm willing to, like, forever. Like, once I set it in stone, I'm willing to move with that moving forward. So, I'm letting you know right now, though, Hakeem's going to be a lot higher on mine. That's fine. <laughs> That's the only thing I want to let you know. I think he's six on yours. Hakeem might be a top five player of all time for me. We're going to see how this goes. I'm interested. We'll see how this goes. But anyway, another name that I want to, of course, get to, I want to get to Kobe Bryant who was also inducted. You guys know we can talk about Kobe all day long. I do not want this to seem disrespectful by no means. Uh, we've talked about Kobe multiple episodes in a row. Um, you guys know how I feel about Kobe. You guys know about the uh, my first – people always ask me what was my first interview, and you guys know my cousin is Tim Brown. I've had an interview with Tim Brown. I was maybe eight years old. My mom recorded it. As I got older and I realized I was a conflict of interest, I, I never say that Tim Brown is my first interview. I never do it. But because of that, my first interview that with somebody that was not blood was Bean. And um, the, the, the brief interactions that I did have with him, like I said, oh, those are moments that I'm always going to cherish, obviously. Um, the moment that um, Kobe passed away, it, it, it was selfish on our part, but I do think that it is value, even in knowing when you're wrong. Um, and even though it was selfish, I, w- I witnessed so many people in the Thomas and Mack Center talk about the Hall of Fame ceremony and talk about how we were robbed of hearing Kobe finally be able to talk his shit. His, his Hall of Fame speech would have been legendary. And... Like, if you guys yeah. thought Mike was petty. 
Kobe would have let it happen. Kobe would have let Shaq have it. Kobe would have said. Kobe would have <laughs> let everybody know. <laughs> he would have let everybody know. Yo, Pau Gasol is my guy. Guy. Like, he, honestly, I'm telling you, the love he would have gave DJ and Banga. Like the the love that he would have gave Lamar Odom, Chris like the love that he would have gave Sasha Vujacic, like the love that he would have gave Luke Walton, like the love he would have gave Brian Cook. It's certain names that I know. Lamar, absolutely. There's certain names that I just know that people would have been like, oh, I wonder what Kobe has to say about LeBron. I wonder what Kobe has to say about Kobe would have got up there and mentioned Sasha Vujacic, and people would have been like, damn, Sasha did play, huh? Sasha do got two of Kobe's rings, don't he? Sasha could shoot, man. He was a knockdown guy. Call it what you want. Sasha was the point guard in last second situations. 90% from the free throw line. I'm putting Sasha in. Money from the line. I'm putting Sasha in. He probably would have brought up Jordan Farmar. I forgot about Jordan Farmar. That's, these are my points. Mike Pemberthy. Chris Mims. Let's give, his, let's give him his respect. Brian Grant. Like, that's what I'm saying. Miami so Kobe, legend. Brian Grant as well. You got to give him that 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 love, right? But we say all of that to say that Kobe's brain worked so much differently than anybody that I've seen. And from people that have been around him in a much higher capacity, they've echoed that. And they've said it much louder than me. So, for me, all of that aside, Vanessa Bryan is one of the strongest women that has ever walked this earth. Absolutely, man. I mean, we, me and you both know how lost feels like, how close, close people passing, close, I mean, people close to us passing. Um, it's, it's absolutely devastating. So the fact that she was able to uh, get up there and just con- continue on and give a great speech and just in her life, I mean, people don't really understand how, uh, how big that is. It's uh, it's not easy at all. So, uh, yeah, that's all I And, of course, um, to see Natalia with the jacket on. I don't know what's going on in the world, man. I truthfully don't. I don't think I have felt goosebumps so much than I have in the last year and a half. Just certain sports moments have just, it's just chills, bro. I have no words for them almost. Like, and to to see, I forgot who tweeted it. I'm sorry, it should have been a that's out there now. I apologize. Um, Somebody tweeted that while the jacket was being donned on her, um, that the arena slowly began to fill with Kobe chants. And he said goosebumps or chills or something along the lines. And just from reading the tweet, I got goosebumps again. Just from reading the tweet, because we know about those, we know about the Kobe chants. We've heard it at his memorial service. Again, that family, the strength of that family. I think it's amazing that the uh, Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame has the Kobe Bryant. I believe it's – is it just – is it? Is, I think it's just a basketball life. I thought it was something with 81, but it's not. I think it's um, Kobe Bryant, a basketball life. And that's an exhibit over at the Hall of Fame. I think for me, 
seeing Kobe's rookie jersey, his shoes from his 81-point game, and all five rings in one area in the wall, one showcase, for me, that was it for me. That's the snapshot. And I, like I said before, I never saw Jordan play live. I've only saw LeBron play in, what, a preseason game? Granted, it was a preseason game where it was one of those, what, tune-up preseason games. It's still a preseason game. I've seen Kobe in multiple, multiple situations. Maybe I'm biased. Kobe Bryant is the greatest of all time that I have seen with my eyes. Also, I'd like to say for people who, you know, want to go watch more early career Kobe stuff, YouTube has, like, some of his first preseason games ever, like when he was 17 years old, actually. That dunk on Ben Wallace yeah, took place. Yeah, 19 at the time. Yeah. At the Thomas and Mack Center. When, the, when UNLV was still in the whack. When they were still good. Were they still good then? <clears throat> this I was gonna say something about whack and being whack, and it just didn't make. Let me not do this. Um, I'm not doing this with you, bro. Why are you? Why are you? Why do you hate UNLV? I don't hate anybody. <laughs> I just tell it like it is. That's a, that's a safe bet. He said I don't hate anybody. Um, that's a lie. I do hate people. <laughs> guys, this is my As you fault. should. Everybody should have a group of people. Hate is a strong word, but no, I I, I, hate, I hate certain people. Well, we heard what you said about Jacksonville, so I think we're going to – I think we believe you. I don't – I dislike Jack. I don't hate Jacksonville. I, I hate um, – I hate the fact that in Jacksonville you'll see, like, a bunch of, like, Confederate flags. I mean, they're, they're everywhere, but you'll see them a bunch. And it's like, shut up. <laughs> what are you doing, like, fam? It's like, why are you up. doing this? Um, this is my fault, but we're 15 minutes into the second hour, and this is the first time that I'm reminding you that Talk That Talk radio show records live from the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino from the largest superbook in the world for over 50 years. Formerly known as the largest hotel in the world for nearly a decade, the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. Salim, now you are absolutely the witness because we are, what, 15 minutes into this 1 o'clock hour, and you see people. You see people. All I see is head. I see nothing but heads in all of these seats. We're here in the clubhouse. We're here in this soundproof room. All we can do is look out out of these beautiful, beautiful glass windows, these glass doors here in this clubhouse. And Salim, everybody's eyes in these seats are fixated on the screens in front of them. Guys, this is your headquarters for Vegas Go Tonight postseason play. Not only Vegas Go Tonight postseason play. Celine, we was in here earlier and we watched Pittsburgh and, New and the New York Islanders. We watched the building. Mm -hmm. We're watching people high five. The game ends in regulation 3-3. We're looking at people in here looking stressed. If you guys want to be a part of this exciting and invigorating environment, Come join us down here at 3000 Paradise Road, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89109. Once again, we are at the lovely Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. We talked about Kobe and, and we, talk about, we talked about the Knicks earlier. And Julius Randle has credited so much that he's done this year just to uh, being around Kobe and having the opportunity to be taught by Kobe and learn Kobe's rituals and things like that. It's been, I don't know about you, Celine, but it's been amazing for me to see the people that were closest to Kobe, i.e. his children, 
and his wife continue to give us moments that make us feel like Kobe still here. And that's where I'm taking this that's out there now. Salim, I don't think I even, when I sent all of this stuff to you, I don't know if I had a Vanessa Bryant that's out there now, but I do. And this is where I got it from. Did you see what Sabrina Ionescu posted to her, twi- to, excuse me, to her Instagram story? I don't think so, no. After her game winner in game one of the season. So, the New York Liberty beat the Indiana Fever in game one of the WNBA season, 90-87. Sabrina Ionescu, Ionescu, excuse me, drained a three-pointer on the off the inbound pass. With four with point four seconds left. After the game, of course, ESPN tweeted that and said, uh, Sabrina for the win, no doubt. This is why this is a that's out there now. I'm assuming that this was before the game. And you can see it from right here, Celine. So you see the screenshot yeah. of her story. Mm-hmm. Sabrina Ionescu posted with ESPN, uh, ESPN's highlight of her hitting that three. And when she posted it, she posted a conversation. And the first person is V, and that's Vanessa Bryant. The statement says, don't F up. Sabrina Ionescu says, yes, ma'am. That's not why I said that's out there now, even still. Vanessa Bryant reposted that and said, yep, especially if you're wearing Kobe shoes. Congratulations. I told you you got this. That's awesome. Remember that thing I told you about chills? I have them again. That's really awesome. That's really cool. He's here. Bean's legacy, I know we talk about it a lot. You guys know we talked about music earlier with J. Cole. You guys know how I feel about Nipsey Hussle, especially being from the land. We know that Nip's legacy is going to live through people like me, people that actually met Nip on times that I can't remember. I I know how many times I met Kobe. I can't remember how many times I met Nip. So we're going to see basketball players. We're going to see people that are girl dads. We're going to see um, wives that support their husbands the way that, the way that Vanessa Bryant did Kobe. We're going to see Kobe's legacy for a long time. And that's where I think I'm going to leave it. Um, so for these next 40 minutes, yes, sir. Uh, we have a very special thing we're doing. Let's do it. We'll be going one by one with the Miami Dolphins schedule. <laughs> Let's do it. I, you know damn well I'm not doing that. Yeah. Who do you, who do you guys have week one? This is random. Uh, we're at New England. At New England. 125 games. Oh, that's going to be nice. We're we're actually gonna, and ironically enough, we talked about it before this, and whatever we don't get to, we can go. We're gonna push back into it anyway. We can go over some of the primetime games real quick to touch on the NFL schedule. You want to end with that? Because the only reason why is because that's gonna be a part of local news. Okay. With yeah, the Raiders yeah. still. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Okay, so let, let's do this. We have one more quick hit, and then we have one more that's out there now. So where are we going? We can go to a quick hit. The quick hit. The quick hit. We're gonna make it as quick as possible because they still haven't fought yet. But we finally got a date. At least, well. Two dates. <laughs> they got to figure out which one. But Celine is going to either happen August 7th or August 14th. Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. Right in between my birthday. What are we doing? So now we're going somewhere for the fight. Is it going to be here in Vegas? No, it's in Saudi Arabia. 
Well, yeah, we can do it like a little fight show. My birthday is August 9th. Let's For do those something. That don't know and want to send me gifts. I'll put my uh, address up. You could my PO box. <laughs> Just send it all. Send everything you can. Yeah. Um. Send me your P.O. box, Marcel. Actually, my, uh, my I'm gonna go pick it up. My size is ten and a half. For those wondering, <laughs> for anybody wondering at home, um, again, we don't have to talk about it right now. It's still some months away, but that is one of our quick hits. Anthony Joshua Tyson Fury. It's looking like it's finally gonna happen. Our last that's out there now was actually about Kenny Mayne. A lot of you guys may not know who Kenny Mayne is. Kenny Mayne is a former personality over there at ESPN. A legend. Legend at ESPN. Legend. And I'm gonna call him another legend. Kenny Mayne is a UNLV legend. Is he? Kenny Mayne is a UNLV he, that's product. That's breaking news. I didn't know that. Kenny Mayne is a UNLV product. So I've covered Kenny Mayne's career ever since I made the decision to come to UNLV, and I found out he was a UNLV product. So I felt like it was important to mention just the fact that Kenny Mayne is not continuing to inspire people like myself. Salim, you already said he was a legend. Didn't even realize that you are now. That's that. That's a, that's a, I almost said a fraternity brother. That's a university brother now. So I, I know you went to the uh, graduation. Mm -hmm. I didn't go just because my family wasn't going to be there and I didn't want to, you know, understandable. Did they read my name off? They didn't read anybody's name off unless you were there. Oh, okay. So unless you were there or you requested that your name still get read off, they didn't. Crazy that they didn't even give me a shout out, but that's whatever. <laughs> um, so what are you going to do? It's life. <laughs> tell Kenny May. Um, but I mentioned Kenny Mayne because I said he's formerly over there at ESPN. He mentioned, and I'm using his words, that he was a salary cap casualty. And uh, if you guys are unfamiliar, I don't think we have to get into the specifics right now, but Chris Berman did re-up on his contract with ESPN. Kenny Mayne said as a result of that, he's one of the people that will not be back with ESPN. Because they gave Berman a big contract? Yes. And... Again, I'm always I've always been a firm believer you're worth whatever anybody's gonna pay you. Chris Berman, go out there and get your coin. Chris Berman, we know how nostalgic, you know what I what? mean? How exactly the nostalgic feels with NFL primetime, just hearing his voice talk about what? the Raiders, like all of it. We dressing love it like all. A, dressing like a used car salesman for thirty years. But at the same time <laughs> that was funny. But at the same time too. I'm, I'm not just doing this from a UNLV standpoint, but whether it's Stan Verrett, whether it's Neil Everett, whether it's Kenny Mayne, you want those different personalities. Stan Verrett's still? Stan Verrett is still there, I okay, believe. Okay, awesome. I, it's just you want those person. Neil Everett, I believe, is too, but I'm just naming some, some ESPN personalities. Stuart Scott was important. So all I'm saying is Kenny Mayne is going to still go somewhere, and he's still going to be uh, an amazing um, – where is Bucci? I haven't heard from Bucci in a long time. Wow. Um, so while Salim looks into that, Kenny Mayne is somebody that I, I'm going to throw my hat in the rink right now. Kenny Mayne is 100% somebody I would love to work with. Anybody or anything that, that a Talk That Talk Media could do with Kenny Mayne, we would love to. Um, you got somebody over there, Bucci? I, I think, yeah, I think he's still with ESPN. Okay, so John Bucci Gross is still with ESPN. Want to be sure. Um, so I think we have pretty much everything taken care of. Again, guys, the second period just started here in Vegas. We already gave you guys an update on the Vegas Golden Knights. And again, guys, give you guys one more update. We have a minor league baseball team right here that goes by the name of the Aviators. Mm -hmm. Salim, remember how I told you that the season started with the Aviators? And the Aviators lost the first two games of the year against the Sacramento Rivercats. I believe I told you. My, my Rivercats. 
I believe I told you, and I'm hoping that if you didn't, if I didn't tell you, you looked at the website and you checked out our uh, our, e- our aviator coverage, they won the next four games against the Rivercats to, to win that series 4-2 to open a year. Here's an issue for me. Since then, they've traveled up to Reno to play the Aces. They opened up the first game. I believe they were up 5-1, to one. either 5-1 or 5-0. The Aviators lost seven to five. Following night, the Aviators take another big lead. I believe this time again it was either five one five zero something along the lines of that. It may have been seven to one. Now that I think about it, the Aviators lost ten seven. Now, the Aces have already been a team in this early going. They played against uh, Salt Lake, and they played against Vegas. Now, I believe after the first series, their first six games, they tally 73 hits and over 40 runs. So, to start out the first two games, at the very least, the first two games of the series, with big leads like that, this is a team that we're – more than likely going to see later on down the line. Salim, I just have one quick question for you before we move on because mm-hmm. they their Sunday game is in the bottom of the first. Of course, they're not at a zero. The Aces have already recorded a hit. Only question I have for you, Salim, what does this do to the psyche? We get as early in the year, but at the end of the day, it's an in-state rival. It's a division opponent, and it's somebody that you've had a big lead on at least twice. What is this? What does this do to the psyche, Slim? I think it'll make you go even harder. Hmm. Okay, let me let me ask another question. Do you go even harder after this series? Because I'll be honest with you, I'm covering this series. I don't know if we'll get one. And we have we have a game right now, and then we have two more games. Tuesday is the series finale. Be determined. I think to be determined is a very, very just way to put just it. Just one thing I have to mention, right? Yeah, right, right. Within the first ten weeks of the NFL season coming up, mm-hmm. the Raiders have three primetime games. Terrell, do they know something that we don't about a certain quarterback in a certain place? What do you want me to say? Look, no disrespect to the Raiders, they're not a bad team, but that's a lot of primetime games for a team that's not like But let's but okay, but let's do this. Might be the stadium, maybe. Let I think part of it is the stadium because Monday Night Football, of course, is gonna be that's the stadium. But let's talk about their opponents. Give me the three uh primetime games. Uh versus Baltimore, that's the first Monday night game. Then at the Chargers, Monday, October fourth. And then their NBC game against the Chiefs, uh Sunday night. Week and that's at Allegiant, correct? Yeah, that's at Allegiant. Patrick Mahomes at Allegiant, that's number one. Look, I'm, I'm what was the one that you gave me? The Chargers, they're always going to p- give you one Charger Raider game for whatever reason. In L.A. And, and then, then what was the next one? First game at home against Baltimore. That's by default. I don't think they know anything that we don't know. That's a lot of games for a team that's not amazing. <laughs> All right, let's move on. I'm moving Dolphins on to got ba- one primetime game the entire year. Are you guys good? 
Ten and six, better than the Raiders were. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. I'll be damned. You know what else is a good point? I'm really, really bothered that my dad isn't isn't on right now, so I'm gonna try to go live really quick. Um, I'm gonna try to go live really quick for the split second to see if I can get this recorded. So we're gonna get into um to uh one more note that I have. It's not even a quick hit. It is a baseball uh note though. But I feel like now is a perfect time to mention the Aces because the Aces are in their new season now. They're officially in their new season. The Las Vegas Aces opened up their season yesterday, and they did it against the Seattle Storm. Now, we knew, and even Bill Lambeer, by his own admission, admitted that the, the beginning of the, of the season was going to be the roughest simply because of the fact that the team is going to have to build continuity. The team is going to have to build uh, some sort of camaraderie, chemistry. And that's not something that they have yet. That's one of the first things that he pointed to when speaking about the Seattle Storm was the fact that, if nothing else, that team has chemistry. So, I say all of that to say, game one looked exactly like what like what Bill Lambeer almost expected. The Aces ended up falling at Seattle to the defending champs, ninety-seven to eighty-three. Asia Wilson, I believe, had 24 points. Liz Cambage chipped in with uh, with 16. So when you do that math, 40 points combined by those two. Slim, I'm going to ask you a question. They put up 83 points. They led the, the league last year with 88.7 points per game. Is a combined 40 points from Asia and Liz Cambage going to do it? It can, but not when you're playing a team like the Storm. Especially with um, – McCautry's out, right? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. you're going to need to beat them. You're going to need, like, super sign performances from those two. Is that fair? No, but it's what it is. I just appreciate the Dragon Ball Z reference. Oh, absolutely, man. Bro, that's insane to me. I really have a smile on my face right now. Like, that really freaks me out. But, like, Dragon Ball Z is really a thing for me. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, that really makes me big, happy. I was a big Dragon Ball Z that's and, Naru crazy. and Naruto guy when I was younger. Naruto, I wasn't the biggest fan of. Not that I didn't like it, I just never got into it. Dude, like, I would, like, some of the episodes, I'd wake up at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning before school, and I'd just, like, watch it in the kitchen, like, like on the computer. And then cut on Renegade. Dude, like, it was so good. You are the wildest Florida man I've ever met. Dude, you know what? And that's saying something. Guess how many primetime games the New York Giants have this year? Go ahead, take a guess. Is it more than the Raiders? They have three. I was going to say two, and that's even a lie. Because if it's not Philly, who else are they playing? The Cowboys? They uh, Who are they playing? At Kansas City, which is probably going to be a blowout. W why are we? At Tampa. And then. Uh, They're really going to hype up this, this Tom Washington, Brady. And at Washington is a sec. Yeah. That's bad. Okay, I don't want to do I don't. Never mind. Do you see why I'm upset a little bit? I see why you're upset that the Dolphins don't have the Giants primetime games, but you're not getting the Raiders. I see why the Raiders have hold their on, Raiders. Hold on, hold on. The 
Dolphins actually have two primetime games. Uh, one of our home games is being sent to London. Salim doesn't look very happy. 6.30 a.m. Uh, Pacific Coast time. We're against the Jaguars. That should be fun. Trevor I'll, I'll be up. I know you will. I'll be up. I know you will. That's one of our primetime games. And you will be in here on a Sunday during our show telling us about what happened at 7 a.m., won't you? You're going to be up watching it. Yeah, that's not the point. We, you, that's I, not I the point. That's not the point, though. That's not what I asked. All right. So I said all of that to say, of course, we talked about a little bit of aces. Uh, I don't know how the hell we got into the Dolphins again, but that's what that's I'll what Salim do does. Um, we have one more thing to get to before I get to this entire reason why I made sure that this live is up from my phone. Sorry, guys, about the live. We're not really sure what's going on with this uh, iPad for some reason today. But we have one more topic before I get to the main one, Dad, that you're here for. Uh, Brianna Stewart. Stewie. Uh, I've said before, like, we, we've had some crazy talent in the WNBA for quite some time. I've said that Elena Deladon was different, and I don't really know when we're going to see something else like her. And then Brianna Stewart showed up. And now I'm to the Special. point to where, and now I'm to the point to where Elena Deladon and Brianna Stewart, special. They're they're a little different. And you know what's interesting? It's looking like we're not the only people that think that because Brianna Stewart signed a new shoe deal. Salim, who is that shoe deal with? Um, let's see. Hold on, I got it pulled up. No worries. Brianna Stewart becomes the first Puma. Puma. I see. I told you. I told you. I told you. They're, they're signing everybody. Brianna Stewart recently inked the deal, a shoe deal with, with Puma, becoming the first WNBA player in 12 years to get their own shoe. Since Candace Parker. And I'm happy you said that because now I'll, you guys know we, we, we live on being just open here at the, at the Talk That Talk media, just, just platform, all of the platforms. We were talking before this. And we were trying to guess who it was. And Salim was looking it up. And I said, nah, I'm going to guess. And I said, 12 years ago? And the first thing that I looked at Salim and said, I looked at Salim and I said, Tina Thompson played way more than 12 years ago. Huh? Salim looked at me and said, yes. It happens to me too, bro. Sometimes I still feel like the like ten years ago is two thousand nineteen seventies thirty years Fam. ago. Do you also get like that? That's exactly what happens. Yeah. Like I'm sitting here, and that's why I forgot what we just did it recently with. But I'm sitting here, and I'm like, twelve years ago. So can we just triple check so I don't sound like a complete jackass? Did Tina Thompson have her own shoe? Uh, let's see. Because I don't want to be that guy. I really don't. But um. Yes, because I told you, I would have said that confidently on camera and then sat here like it was 2013. Please tell me Tina Thompson had her own shoe. If she didn't, she needs one now. Let me see. While you're looking that up, Salim, I want to go ahead and just go on the record and say that we are absolutely – I don't even know why, why, we, why we're even does. doing this. She does. She did have her own shoe. I might get the Tina Thompsons. I want the Tina Thompsons, fam. What are you talking about? I'm telling you, bro. The Houston Commons was a that was that was a movement, hey, bro. That was a movement, dog. Stop playing hey, with these me. These are some funny looking shoes. I'm not even gonna lie. Don't do, bro. It was a movement. Don't do it. It was a movie. He said funny looking bro. shoes. <laughs> I, I will, I'll show you after the show. <laughs> it was a movement. Don't do it. Um, damn it. Where was that? Oh, 
There's no way, because I've already done it once. Celine, we had that entire hoop hall conversation, and we talked defense. We talked Tim Duncan. We talked Ben Wallace. My nickname is TC. You think I'm not going to mention Tamika Catchings? I'm glad you did. I damn near want to end this show. Congratulations to Tamika Catchings. I don't even – I apologize. All I'm going to say is I apologize. Can you do me a favor real, really quick? Can you look up her stats? I believe she is a five-time WNBA Defensive Player of the Year. She was a WNBA MVP in 2011, and she was a finals MVP the year after in 2012. So Your Marlins are having a hard time with these dunks. Yeah. I just want to be a fan. Ten-time All-Star, won the MVP in 2011 with um, Indiana. That's the only thing you can play for. Amazing. Yeah, she put up some great numbers over the years. Champion in 2012. I mean, do we have some of those defensive numbers? I don't know if you – Defensive, yeah. Just some of those uh, yeah, highlights. I mean, from 2005 – in 2007, well, let me, okay, for her career, she averaged 2.4 steals a game and 0.8 blocks. In the year 2007, she averaged three steals and one block per game. Two and a half steals is Chris Paul numbers. She had three steals this year. No and in that year, in 2007, she had 17 points, nine boards, five assists, three steals, one block. Pretty damn good, if I say so myself. Pretty there was no way I was gonna end the show and not mention TC. There's no way. Getting three steals and a and a block in a game. Not only that, you just talked Scoring about her numbers: seventeen points, nine rebounds, five assists, three steals, a block a game. Fam, whether this ball comes off the rim or I snatch it out of your hand, I'm gonna take it the whole way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Either I finish at the rim or I'm. Dishing it off to somebody else, and they're going to finish up the rim. I don't know, man. We're not going to talk about defense and not mention that. So, Dad, you're here for a reason. Unfortunately, you're going to miss the tip in because i got to read it from my phone. But you're here for a reason, and we're going to talk about this right now, only because I just mentioned, Salim, that your Miami Marlins are having a hard time with the Dodgers. Yep. Having a rough go of it. Salim, that's not even the point that I want to talk about. I don't even know if I care. I don't care about the Marlins. Touche. I don't. Not not against the Dodgers. Not this early. Not right now. You want to know why? I don't really. You should already know why. Please. I'm irritated with the fact that no matter what happens, every time I talk bad about the Angels, the Dodgers do something that continue to show baseball, the sports world, and anybody who's paying attention. I laughed when it happened, by the way. That they're the Class A organization in California. When it happened? In Southern California, specifically. When I saw it, I was like, no way. Terrell's going to – I know how Terrell's going to re react. It's going to bother you more so to know that I had no reaction. I sat there and said the Dodgers continue to do it right. Albert Pujols is going to make $30 million this year. The Dodgers are paying him $420,000 a year. 
I'm not confident that Albert Pujols will not win a ring this year. And again, we, we talked about this the last show or two shows ago. We went over the numbers. I don't know what it is right now, and I'll check in a moment. He was on pace for 34 home runs. Like, yeah, he was batting. It was five home runs in 24 games, wasn't it? Yeah. That's really good memory. Yeah, he, w- he would be on pace for, like, 33 and three-fourths home runs, so let's say 34. He's going to a team with no DH. People are like, oh, yeah, he was batting only 198. It doesn't matter. If you're going to hit 34, like, hey, Dan Ugla never hit more than, like, 230 for the most part. He was ba- he was hitting 30 home runs. That's what matters. I have nothing more to say besides the Dodgers continue to do it right. They, it didn't surprise me to see it turn out the way that it turned out. But I, I just don't get it. I just wonder why the Angels wanted Bryce Harper and then Bryce Harper only gave serious consideration to the Dodgers because of things like this. I've never been to Anaheim. Is it nice? Anaheim is amazing. The stadium looks amazing. Angel Stadium had rat problems for a really, really long time. I like the rock. I like when people hit it into the rocks. It's oftentimes the other team. Yeah, but Trout's hit a bunch of them into there too. That's Shohei a good Otani, point. That's a good Mark point. Mark Trumbo used to. Uh, why are you doing this to me? Like, why are you? Is this I a memory lane? I like, can't bring up good moments of your team. I mean, right. yeah, if you don't bring them up from 08. You got something from like two years ago, last year, this year, anything? Mike Trout was on the roster two years ago. You're right, and Shohei's on it now. Yeah. Remember, so. my, remember that thing I said about hating people? Yeah. You're getting really close. Yeah, good. You're getting really close, brother. Um, unfortunately, I got to end this live because I got to get to the tip in. But, um, yeah, man, this is just far too important for me not to talk about it. But uh, we're going to end this with something that you want to do, something that you've been wanting to do for quite some time. Um, oh, and this pisses me off. We're going to end this with the with the schedule. But I knew that this was going to happen. My dad's tip in is short and sweet. As you guys touched on last week, the foul way to Angels release future Hall of Famer Albert Pujols was so disrespectful. And I know you don't like this, TC. Ironically enough, he calls me my nickname. I know you don't like this, TC. But what better way to use the old saying, when one door closes, another one opens. The current world champion Los Angeles Dodgers is a perfect landing spot. The Dodgers have been in a slump, but that's only temporary. They will right the ship and hopefully defend that championship with Pujols aboard, and that will be a respectful ending to Albert's career. Great pickup, and let's go Big Blue. Why do I agree with everything that he said? I'm assuming the Dodgers play uh, Anaheim a good bit this season. I don't know about a good bit. Cause I think they, they do actually, play. no, it's still 162 games, right? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, we should be regular schedule. Yeah. Regular freeway series schedule. We already played them three times already this year. This is irrelevant to, to that point. I just wanted to say, you know who's having a great year? Bryce Harper. He's having a phenomenal – look. What are you doing? He's He has an OPS of over 1,000. OPS plus 181. He's batting the 313. What are you doing? Seven home, seven home runs in, in 32 games. I don't understand. You still haven't answered my question. He's on pace for, like, 35 home runs. Why are you? What does this have to I do really with like anything? I really like Bryce Harper. What does this have to do with anything? He's a he's a Las Vegas native. Everything that you said makes sense for this show. I just want to know why you brought it up. 
<laughs> I like Bryce Harper. He's cool. Am I not allowed to have <laughs> What are you doing to me? What are you doing to me right now? Like, I don't, I really don't. I yeah. re- you guys, hey, look, look, I don't hey, care, man. You guys have. What did I tell you guys? You what, did guys I, what did I say? Was it last year? I said, I'm waiting for, what did I say? You guys have the best baseball player of all time. On the and I think I said, if we don't make the playoffs this year or in the next two years, whatever we had, I said, I said, I'm ready to no longer be an Angel fan. I'm ready. I'm ready now. I'm ready right now. Like today. You're giving up, huh? It, fam, like if Tyler can let go of the New York Giants and they, they gave him two rings, yeah, I was. I can let go of the Angels. <laughs> I can do it if he can. I don't even want to talk about the schedule no more for the next fifteen minutes. You do it. All right, fine, I'll do it. Figure it out. Washington football team free prime well, time we, games. We can say the Raiders for uh for next week. We can get so we can break that down. We'll talk about some good prime time games. Uh, but the Washington football team. They have three primetime games. They don't, do they have a starting quarterback? They got, like, three that are going for Fam, it. Fam, I hate to say it. You can't give them a primetime game, and we don't know who's starting under center. Look, you want to know their, th- their three uh, games? Yes. One is the Giants, you told me. Yeah, yeah, one is the Giants. I am the Internet's phone. Here we go. One is the, uh, the Giants, and then versus Seattle – on Monday night. Who are we talking about again? Washington. Washington. And then at Dallas on Sunday night later in the season. Sunday night football against the Cowboys make the mo- makes the most sense in the world. Sunday, Yeah, Sunday night. Okay. What else did you just mention? What Monday the night one? against the Seahawks. That's why they did it. I know why they did it. And I'm, I'm terrified to even tell you. But you know why they did it. Why? Because Russell Wilson is going to play 60 minutes running away from Chase, Will- Chase Young. Excuse me. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's not about who's playing quarterback for the for the Washington uh, football team. It's about the fact that Russell West, Russell Wilson is not going to be able to stand in the pocket, and he's going to have a crazy Monday night outing as always. He's still going to pull it out. Well, uh, so at least he's designed to. Let's go over some of the best uh, primetime games. Real let's quick. do it. Uh, Wait, really quick. We're not going to get all the way into the Packers schedule really quick, but the Packers do open up. Against New Orleans. Everybody said, and I get the jokes, it's hilarious. Everybody said this schedule had to be made a couple years ago because you would look at it and say, oh, Aaron Rodgers versus Drew Brees. Everybody was quoting it saying week one is going to be Jameis Winston against Jordan Love. I, I don't s- tell me that. I swear to God, Terrell, I'm not saying this to troll you. D- don't, do, don't, don't say it. I, I'm not. I actually am excited to see Jordan Love play. During a preseason? I mean, at all. There was a time, like, not his senior or junior, I forget which, which year, the year he came out, the year before that, where people were talking about him as, like, a top ten pick. Then he had that really inconsistent year. But uh, let's move on. Uh, one game I really like, uh, Thursday night game early in the season. Jaguars, Bengals, Joe Burrow versus Trevor Lawrence. I really like that. That's going to be crazy to see. Uh, let's see. How bad – okay, for what it's worth, of course Trevor Lawrence wants to win. How bad does Trevor Lawrence want to go out there and put on the show? Oh, absolutely. I think that will be a great game. I think that could be a classic game. I think so as well. I don't want to be this guy, but one thing that everybody's hyping up and it happens every year, I understand it. Number one versus number two. Are you excited about Zach Wilson versus Trevor Lawrence this year? 
Yeah, I am a little bit. I'm not, brother. I just I don't. We'll know We'll see why. what happens. I don't know why. I'm, just not. I'm reading off this list of the best. I'm not gonna go down every single primetime game, but I'm list reading off this list of like the best games. Cool. Well, we got ten minutes, and you ain't got to rush. Week four, Sunday night football. Tampa going to New England. Let's stop here. Hey, that. Does Bill Belichick have it in his psych, in his, in his makeup, in his bag, to throw a defense out there that Tom Brady has never seen? If you can throw a defense out there that Tom's never seen, then that guy needs to be like uh, checked for sorcery. I was gonna say yeah, bro. I think my answer is yeah. We're gonna see something in that first quarter that looks just new. I wouldn't be surprised. We're gonna see Brady take a big hit that game. I think they're gonna blitz him. I think they're gonna send the kitchen sink at him. Week five, Sunday Night Football. Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs, AFC Championship. Okay, one more time. Buffalo Bills and Kansas City. Mm-hmm. This is in KC. Yeah, this is in KC. Uh, Christmas Night. This isn't really – I don't know why they're putting this here. It's not really – actually, I'm not even going to read it off. Um, Wait, the Raiders and – No, uh, Browns, Packers, Christmas Night. Let's go for it. That could be – I mean, Let's if, go for it. If Rodgers is there, it'll be great. Even if Rodgers is there, do you think that potentially the makeup, and I don't I don't like it, but I've heard people say it. We've seen glimpses of greatness last, last year from, uh, from Baker. We've seen him look good in moments during his rookie season. A lot of people, and I don't know why it's happening, a lot of people are attempting to – Paint Baker, not even play-wise, but they're painting Baker attitude-wise as, like, the next Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no. He he had a really good rookie year. Really good rookie year. Like, absolutely. His second year, he fell into that, what I call the Matt Ryan uh, second-year slump. Matt Ryan had a bad second year, too. And he was solid last year. I mean, he wasn't great. But he was solid, and uh, let's see what happens this year. Now, of course, Aaron Rodgers didn't have half of the antics that Baker Mayfield did in college, but I'm talking about in terms of the refined version of, of Baker Mayfield that we still see kind of getting to like, reporters. Like, do they mean like playing style? Or no, like, I no, okay. no, no, no. I think I think a lot of it is attitude, like the way that Baker is confident, Aaron is confident, but they go about it in different ways. Aaron's confident. I don't see the 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 comparison. Baker's done some disrespectful things that Aaron's, Aaron's not doing. Confident, but he's not. For the most part, he hasn't never been disrespectful. And that's where I disagree with the entire thing. Like, yeah, I, no, I, don't I don't see, see the comparison. At all. I, I don't I see, see the comparison. You know, who Baker reminds me of, not necessarily as a quarterback. Like, in terms of temperament? Johnny Manziel. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, Jeff Garcia. That's a really good one. And that's going to go over a lot of people's heads when they hear this. He just really remind like, not necessarily as a quarterback for the most part, but, like, in terms of uh, – but as a, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, he does kind of play like him. <laughs> um, hey, I don't want to do this, bro. Hey, Jeff was solid for a while. I'm not saying that he wasn't. Him on the Eagles, man. Hey, T.O. was whack for that. He was out of pocket. I'm not going to go to Philadelphia's issues then and name T.O. That's not what I'm going to do. That's not what I will be doing. Again, guys, this second period is still not at zero. This Vegas Golden Knight and Minnesota Wild Series is going to be, for lack of a better term, wild.
Um, what else you got, Celine? We got eight more minutes, so we got some more. Okay, yeah, we'll go over some. Uh, why? I don't understand why I, I do the things I do. Um, <laughs> I don't know why either. Sorry, hold on. I'm still waiting for this to load. So, okay, we have a game. Let's see. I'm just looking at some of the primetime games, so I'm going to pick out some of the ones I really like. Cool. We probably have time for maybe two more. Okay. Um, I'm telling you, it just sounds that good. Let me highlight really quick and just reiterate that week four, Tom Brady is going to take a big hit from that New England oh, Patriots absolutely. defense. I don't know when it happened. I think it happens early. I think okay, happens this early. game I really like. Sunday night football, week eight, Cowboys at Vikings. I think that's going to be a really good game. Tell me why. I think the Vikings are going to bounce back from last year. And I think the Cowboys are going to bounce back from last year. I think that's going to be a real good game. Um, when you say that the Vikings are going to bounce back offensively or defensively? Offensively. I think they'll be better offensively, but I think they might take a step back defensively. I think that'll be a good game, though, regardless of how good each team is. Um, let's see. Wait, let me ask you this really quick. Who leads the league in scoring? In scoring? Who leads the league in passing this year? Quarterbacks? Uh, I'm just going to say Patrick Mahomes, the safe answer. But I wouldn't be shocked if it's um, Justin Herbert. Because um, I think Justin Herbert's going to be throwing the ball like a ton. I'm really happy that you just said that because my answer was Dak Prescott or Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert is going to fling the football a lot. Yeah, man. I think even uh, even Austin Eclair out of the back or out of the backfield, he's going to get a, catch a lot of swing passes. Like, I, I I don't know, man. I think this year's the first three four in this list. I think is going to look a little bit different. Josh Allen is probably going to be up there again. I'm, I'm trying to I'm, these some of these games just. For primetime, give me some of the primetime games that aren't good. Give me like three of them. I mean, not and bad. And we can just talk I mean, about like why are they even Monday there. Monday Night Football, Week Two, Lions at Packers. I mean, I get it's a divisional game, but um, Week Three, Thursday Night Football, Panthers at Texans. <laughs> wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. This is what football? Thursday Night Football, Week Three. Why do they do that? Why do the Jaguars, Jets, Bears, Texans, Titans? Every team has to get a Thursday night game. Fam. Or at least one primetime game. I, that's how I believe it goes. I'm talking about these Thursday night games. They put some bad teams on Thursday night. They have to. No, you don't. No, I believe, like, a few years ago, the league changed the rule to where every team has to at least get one game. That's cool. I don't it doesn't need to be that Thursday night. Even if it is. Okay. A couple years ago when Tennessee was not good and Jacksonville were. Or Jacksonville was. We were still sitting there as if Jacksonville was still Jacksonville because they're led by Blake Bortles. That Thursday night game, it was it produced a good game. Why? Because it was two bad teams, right? Same thing that happened, what, Monday night, the Jets versus the Broncos? Jerry Judy's probably best year as a pro. I mean, best game as a pro. He balled out. That game itself should not have been on a Monday night. Okay. For example, I got another one for you. Week five, Monday night football, Colts at Ravens. I mean, it's not a bad game. I like that one. It's not a, you know, but weeks. Wait, that's Monday night? That's uh, Carson Wentz under the lights again? I, I hope that that offensive line is ready to handle that blitz. Sunday night, week six, 
again, some people may like. I, I'm not really interested in watching the Steelers, Seahawks at Steelers. I'm not really interested. Is Ben Roethlisberger the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback the entire season? I don't think so. Week seven, Monday night, Saints at Seahawks, and then Sunday night is Colts at Niners. And again, these aren't like god awful games, but it's just like Colts at Niners are weird. It's weird, but. I I just want to go out on a limb right now and say that because people hear that and they're probably going to say the same thing, DeForest Buckner is going to have a crazy game that game. Yeah, I can see that. DeForest Buckner is going to lose his mind that game. Um, <clears throat> Again, guys, when we actually first came in here, uh, the speaker actually died out on us. So I'm going to play the, the audio from my phone again. Me and Salim, we're about to leave here and run right back into the sports world. We have Aces to get ready for on Tuesday. We have Vegas Go Tonight's on right now. We have the Aviators on right now. Um, NBA regular season final day is today. Uh, Play-in tournament starts on Tuesday. Again, so much going on in the world of sports. There's so much that we can obviously continue to talk about. Um, Charles Oliveira, UFC 262. Hey, that, that was crazy. Salim, you did the story. Let's break it down. We got two minutes or so. First round, he uh, he had a nice leg sweep, and he looked. And then this man, Michael Chandler, flipped the switch like that. that man um, you know, and then he it, it looked like Oliveira might have you know they might have stopped the fight. It was very close. He was getting beat up on the ground. He it was bad. I didn't know how long he was going to be able to go for. The second round, he landed one of the most tactical left-hand knockouts I've ever seen. Like, it was just beautiful. I mean, he didn't knock him down right away, but he immobilized him. Michael Chandler was stumbling, and he just went after him. And then to, like, run around, the r like, the, the entire oh, stadium, man. get in Joe Rogan's face and say, surprise, surprise. And then he bowed to Michael Chandler. And like hug it, and you can see Michael Chandler's face. He was like, "All right, yeah, man, okay, get off me." Yeah, you can see it in his face. The the, the disappointment was there. I do believe that. I, I mean, as a fighter, I can't say that you shouldn't do this, but you could see it if any other fight. Michael Chandler had already polished off a spot on his mantle for that belt. You could just see by the way that the reaction was. Oh, he there was, was no There was no thought of a loss in his head. Um, Charles Oliveira became. The the uh, actually held actually moves into the record a new record holder, he moves into a new record um, record holding position as now the UFC fighter with the most fights prior to capturing his first belt. I remember being a huge Michael Bisping fan growing up and seeing Michael Bisping do it after 26 fights. Charles Oliveira did it after 28, so 11 years at this level. To see him finally get what he what he did, um, or do what he did yesterday was was amazing to see. Um, I think I'll actually end it with this. For me, it was interesting. You mentioned that left hand and uh, just the positioning of Michael Chandler on uh, on the fence. Do me a favor and go back and look at Michael Chandler versus Dan Hooker. Michael Chandler finished his first UFC fight the exact same way that he got finished in his first in his second UFC fight. It's so crazy to think this is like his only second or was the second second UFC, UFC fight. That's insane to me because I've been hearing about Michael Chandler for a while, for a long time, for a really long time. 
I remember backing off of the train because I thought Michael Chandler was scared to come to USC. Yeah, I mean, that was when I was looking that up yesterday, I was shocked. I was like, no, that's impossible. Yeah. I remember being, like, all the way on it, and then I, I seen how it kind of turned out, and he didn't come over here when I thought that he should have. And, I mean, like he said, he's beat multiple UFC world champions, former uh, UFC world champions, so that has to count for something. Um, however, Charles Oliveira will be the first one to tell you being under the UFC lights are a little different. They're a tad bit different. It's a different number of eyes on you. Again, the only thing we kind of didn't really fully get into is this Minnesota Wild Series that is c upcoming with the Vegas Golden Knights and, of course, this NFL schedule being released. Salim, I know you have a couple of clips to make. I like everything that we did in the first hour. I like the Hall of Fame talk, uh, whether it's Tim Duncan picking him up and placing him in, in, in different ones, and I also like the American Basketball uh, League conversation – or, excuse me, African Basketball League conversation – we can also uh, do our pool host. That's just a couple of things. Again, guys, we appreciate you guys for being a part of this hefty conversation that we've had. So we're going to try to create some clips from majority of our conversations today and, and hopefully just try to spark some talk on social media. Um, Salim, you got anything else for us? Yeah, I'm watching the uh, Chandler-Hooker fight. I, I just saw what you were talking about. Yeah, that was – that was what he was landing on Oliveira. Oliveira just didn't. Oliveira got himself out of there, put his feet up, and he was still getting hit. But he, oh, my God, I'm watching it move. Yeah. He's just, oh. And that was his first fight. So, so you see the way he finished Dan Hooker. So just when we saw that exact same positioning for Charles Oliveira, I thought the exact same thing you did. I said, the, the fight's over. The fight's over. So I forgot who it was. Was it Dan Mergliata that did the main event? I want to say it was Dan Mergliata, but if I'm wrong, it might be somebody else. Herb but Dean was it was a Herb Dean? It could have been. I don't. I I, I don't know. It could have been. I, th I heard something about Herb Dean. It was Dan Mergliata because I remember him smiling at Charles Oliveira when he when the belt went around his waist. So Dan Mergliata definitely gave Charles Oliveira a chance to fight. Um, I'm glad he did. I was worried he was going to stop it. Yeah, he gave he gave Michael Chandler a chance to fight as well, and then once Michael Chandler went flat a second time, he, he went ahead and, and called it quits. Um, but like I said before, man, we have so much that we need to get to in this sports world. I think that even though this show ends, we might be staying in this clubhouse that's that we've been afforded here um, at the Westgate. And again, this is Talk That Talk. First episode that we've had to cancel in quite some time was on Wednesday. But as we always tell you guys, we can't have the name that we have and ignore issues like what's going on in other parts of the world. We talk about the country in other parts of the world. So when Kyrie Irving says that there's just more important things to talk about than basketball. He's right. He's absolutely 100%. right, guys. And with that, keep on talking.